This is a new and strange environment at first, suddenly finding yourself in orbit. Neville Andrew Mara, and this is Never Normal, a show about breaking free from the boring default plan and living life on your terms instead. They say that the best jobs are the ones you invent yourself. Well, my guest for this episode has done exactly that. Anna Rova is a feminine embodiment coach. She helps successful women attract masculine, committed men. And Anna is no stranger to success herself. She has changed the lives of countless women through her coaching program, and her podcast, Claimed, is downloaded more than 10,000 times each month. Anna Rova, welcome to Never Normal. Hello. What a great show. Never, I'm never normal. Well, maybe sometimes. Thanks, Neville, for having oh, me. Oh, my pleasure. That makes two of us, by the way. I want to talk. I want to talk about your work as a as a feminine embodiment coach, which I think we're going to need to define for listeners. But before we even get to that, I want to talk about what it is that you were supposed to be doing. If you had listened to you know your parents or school guidance counselors or any of those kind of influences we all have as young people, what what was the default plan for you? Where where would those people have expected you to be now in your life? That's a really interesting question, Neville. And in my case, I, I think I have a little bit of a different story because I, I didn't have like the normal kind of childhood where it's like, well, you're supposed, what I knew my dad, cause I lost my mom when I was really young. My dad wanted me, wanted us to be independent um, and, and successful, you know, and, and have a proper, I mean, now that I'm, now that I'm saying that I've never actually heard, I don't remember my dad telling me I want you to be successful. I want you to have a career. I want you to have a good life. Um, he was basically like, you're, you're on your own. You know, you need to go to school. You need to have a job. You know, you need, you need to be independent. That these are the messages that I got. I, I didn't have conversations with my dad about like sitting down and talking about the future or how he wants me to be like, it was a very turbulent, turbulent relationship to say the least. Um, you know, but I obviously was a product of um, societal influence and cultural influence where I grew up. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like the usual go to, go to school, go to college, get a job. Like that's what I was heading. And I was supposed to have, if I would, I was supposed to have a career in um, probably business and, and marketing and like online marketing, like, you know, cause I majored in business administration and um, mass communication. So I was supposed to have a career, I think in email marketing. Um, and then, yeah. And then things took the right turn for me, not the wrong term, but the right turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, you grew up in, in Moldova. Did you um, at a young age think like you would leave? I mean, you live in Australia now. Was that, was that sort of always in the plan for you? Were you thinking as a, as a young person that like, I've got to get out of here or was that a, was that like a surprising turn at some point? No, no surprises there. I always knew it. Well, my, my dad, like, I think I have to thank my dad for it. I don't, I don't like now I think I have to thank my dad for a lot of things. Although there are so many things that I don't want to thank him for. Cause obviously this is all the shit that I'm, that I had to deal with. But overall I had to thank my dad for like, you have to get out. 
Um, and all I wanted, I remember up until the point where I left, um, my only goal in life was to get out of the country where I grew up because it's, um, and I still remember that sentiment, Neville. It's like living in Moldova for me was like a trap. I couldn't wait to get out of that place for personal reasons, um, you know, but also for economic reasons and all kinds of different reasons. Um, and I can see now, but my path, my dad explicitly, you're supposed to, here's what you're supposed to do, what, what he told us, you're supposed to leave and get an education somewhere else and live somewhere else. <laughs> this is what he, he gave me and my sister. And so it happened. I was programmed to get out as, as soon as possible. And that's what I did. I did that before I finished high school. So I went to the US. I won a competition, um, which is like a very tough competition and I went to the US as a high school exchange student. So I lived there for a year, studied in an American high school. Then I came back, finished high school, two year and one, and then I left uh, to university. And that was basically Where it. Where in the US did you go to high school for that year? I went to uh, Virginia. So I lived in Madison for about a year and I went to a very small high school, uh, you know, in, in Redneck, Virginia. And that was the best, that was one of the best years of my life, honestly. And I think that year really transformed and shifted. It gave me like, this was my ticket to, to everything. Um, yeah, that was amazing. I can, I'm, I'm curious. I don't, I don't know that we have time to go into all of it today, but I can only imagine coming from Moldova, what your expectations of America were and also what Redneck, Virginia like i'm sure in some ways it was like wow and in other ways it was well also wow but in like i find that that so many people who come to america at a young age uh are expecting like the whole country to look like manhattan basically that it's just like skyscrapers from coast to coast and uh and it's it's a little different yeah and the yellow school buses and the the red plastic cups and all the the like you know yeah. as seen on tv version of america which some of it is definitely there <laughs> Yeah, well, first of all, I think it depends where you're coming from. But for me, so I went to the U.S. in 2000, um, 2000, hang on, 2006 to 2007. So that was a long time ago, 14 years ago. Um, and it depends, I think, where you're coming from, because I was with high school exchange students who were coming from like Germany or Italy or whatever. That's a very different experience. And for those um, high school exchange students, I think, the program was a bit different where their parents had to pay for this experience. I went completely free um, because I, I won the competition and coming from a post-Soviet Republic, which is Moldova, one of the poorest countries in Europe, actually the poorest country in Europe and still is, I believe. Um, so, and maybe Ukraine is there, but not sure. Anyways, for me, for me, it was all wow. I have not seen, only I think in retrospect, when I came to the, only in retrospect, I was able to kind of look at some of the, let's call them more, a bit of a negative, negative parts like any country would have um, on the American culture and, and the way people, you know, eat and how, how much they're individualized and things like that. Uh, but overall that year for me, when I came, I remember it was like, a wow experience in in everything um i i felt like i stepped into a movie you know where it's like oh my god all the cars are clean and the streets are clean and like the houses are like literally literally like you see in the movies even in you know rural of virginia it's like tight you know a nice little house with a with mowed grass i haven't seen a lawnmower in my life i didn't know what that was i didn't like i didn't see a laptop in my life you know like 
14 years ago in Moldova, you know, people still get, I think about 400 to $500, uh, like the average salary there. So very different life. And so for me with the American flag and everything and the dogs and the yard and we, I, yeah, I visited, I visited New York and we went to Chicago and Washington and, you know, like obviously those cities were amazing, but just the life, you know, like I remember going into Walmart and seeing like, I don't know, 300 or like 25 different types of cereal or ice cream. And like, I lived with a host family and they were like, all right, well, which one do you want? And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, choose. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Cause like where I come from still to this day, Neville, my dad and you know, where, where people, how people live there, they have a list of 10 things to buy. And perhaps that's how it is in Spain still, you know, and they go to the, they go to the shop and they buy those things. Um, and they like quiet down. And I remember my stepmother used to give me the exact amount of money. And then when you come back, you got to give her back the exact amount of change. So it's not like you go and you're like, oh yeah, let's get some ice cream and let's get this. And let's get, no. Stop for a pizza at Costco while different. you're there and a hot dog on the way and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like, that's honestly, that's the life that I live now in Australia, but back then very different. So I mean, I was just amazed. Total this was the best year of my life. Culture shock. I, I can only imagine. So, especially then because you came back to Moldova after that. So you had this sort of like stark contrast one way and then back the other way. I can imagine that must have even like reinforced, you know, what your dad had been telling you now that you had actually seen it for yourself, like what's outside. So how did you get from... I mean, there's a big jump from there because you're 17, you go to the US, you have this experience, you come back after a year now you're living in australia and you're and you're a feminine embodiment coach so obviously a lot happened <laughs> in between a lot was there some point where you started studying relationships were you was there some like trigger in your own life that led to this or did you was this some subject that you'd been interested in like as a little girl were you thinking oh yeah i want to i want to help no. with the relationship so how did that enter your life <laughs> yeah, great question. I mean, I was, as I said, you know, once I finished, once I came back, big cultural shock, um, I wanted to go to American school. Uh, like I knew I wanted to go back to the US to, 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 to for my education. But unfortunately, education in the US was ex and still is extremely expensive. Um, so that that wasn't in the cards for me. But was what, what was in the cards for me is to go to an American school just in Europe. So I ended up going to Bulgaria, actually to an American university there which was one of the best decisions again of my life um and i ended up majoring in, in business administration journalism there and then from there like again so going to the us was milestone the next milestone was that university where i was exposed to liberal arts education um that also exposed me to different worldviews and people from diff people from different cultures things like that i got involved in extracurricular activities and like all of that loved it um and then I, then another milestone was my first job out of college, which was me basically packing all my life into suitcases and flying all the way to Malaysia wow. um, to work for a company called, company called Mind Valley. You probably know Mind Valley. Sure. 
I don't know if you knew that I worked for them, but I did work for them for about three and a half years. And so, you know, here I was finished college. I, I finished college in May. And then in July, I was already flying all the way, you know, to Malaysia. Um, and I remember being in the plane. I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm by myself just like flying out to Malaysia out of all places. Um, yeah, so I ended up living there for about three years. Uh, back then, my boyfriend came and, and lived with me in Malaysia. Um, I got, you know, in mind that I ended up managing, uh, being a launch manager for many different big projects. Um, and and so in that time, I, I, I became like a top marketing manager, online marketing, things like that. And I realized well, during that time, I actually broke up with my boyfriend. Um, and that's what propelled me to explore relationships. So my journey into what I'm doing now started with a breakup. It had nothing to do with what I was doing professionally. It was something like of an interest to me. I was also always entrepreneurial. I always knew that I mean, I don't, I don't know if you could call, you know, I don't have that story like I was making lemonade since I was 14 or selling some stuff. Like, I don't have that. Um, but I always have, you know, I'm e ENTJ, Myers-Briggs. Me I I was always the next. Oh, really? Oh, we're in the 1%, Neville. Right. You, you're going to do great things. <laughs> <laughs> Good news. Yeah. So, you know, I always had an outgoing personality. I always knew that there was something big inside of me. To, to make happen and, and to do. But I think that, you know, if I was raised in the US, I would have that belief inherent, but I did not have that belief inherently planted in me. It's somehow, I don't know, maybe, maybe you share, maybe the ENTJ share the same experience, but it was deep down inside of me. Nobody told me, Anna, you're going to do great things. You know, in fact, everybody expected that I'm either going to end up in jail or whatever. I was always the rebel kid. Oh, wow. So I, I didn't grow up with that positive reinforcement. I actually grew up with a lot of freaking negative reinforcement. And because I am who I am, my personality, I pushed back a lot and I didn't listen. Um, so anyways, and that's good. So, so anyways, fast forward to, to Malaysia and the breakup and I just started, you know, so I always knew, like, I wanted to do something of my own and I knew I was creative, but I didn't know anything. So, you know, it started on the side, like, um, I was in Mind Valley. Mind Valley is, is a great, was, is a great company. I don't know what's going on there now, but from what I'm seeing, it's still going and it's still one of the best places to work for. So it's super exciting. And it was a very entrepreneurial culture. It was a lot of great things. I loved it there. And, um, everybody had their own thing. So I was like, Oh, what's going to be my thing. And so when I broke up with my boyfriend, I jumped into this like I had to date again and I had to discover myself again as a woman because I, I was that woman who jumped from relationship into a relationship. So I was never single and I was never exposed to the dating world. Like I think when I broke up, it was maybe about 10 years since I was a teenager wow. when I was dating. And now you're living in, was it Kuala Lumpur at the time? Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, I was living in Kuala Lumpur and I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to um, start dating again and, and seeing how it is to be on my own, to be my own woman. Um, and yeah, that led me to a whole rather different path where I started researching, getting really interested in that. I stumbled upon polarity, feminine, masculine polarity, David Data's work, which is still the foundation of my work. Um, 
and I started dating. So I started my own podcast back then uh, called Men Inside Show, where I decided to interview men about women and relationships. So I did that for about a year. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of like a cool little project. Um, like I was super passionate, excited about it, like obsessed with this idea. I'm still obsessed with it six years down the line. And somewhere in that point in time, my time with Mind Valley came to an end. I ended up traveling, packed my suitcase, and I said, oh, I have all these skills that I can do online. So let me just go. And I was exposed to the digital nomad lifestyle back then, as you know. Yep. Um, and I said, all right, I'm just going to, I'm done here. I'm just going to move to Thailand and live on the beach on an island. As one and, does. Um, as one does, right? And so I did the whole, like, you know, live by the beach, work at the pool. Like, like it was, oh, my God. The next, so when was it? From May when I left in 2015 up until 2016. So basically for about nine months, I was traveling on my own by myself. And I had a whole share of boyfriends, experiences, trial and error, figuring things out, full moon party in Copangan, like all of that. I did all of that. And then in, in January, I went to Colombia and then I met String, my masculine man husband. And then the rest is history. Yeah, well, for anyone listening who doesn't know, I think one important one important detail there is Mind Valley is coaching and a lot of um, self improvement, right? And so you mm -hmm. you came with this tactical skill set of marketing, online marketing that you had studied and experienced yeah. and had experience. And is that what you were doing at Mind Valley? That's what they hired you for. So I, it's, it's really, thank you for bringing this up because this is actually an important piece in my journey. So when I went to work for Mind Valley, I went to work for customer support because I was right out of college. I was new and I went actually there. What really helped me get in is because I was in ISEC. I don't know if you know, but this is a student organization, um, very popular around the world that really builds those leadership skills and vision, who is the CEO of Mind Valley. He was an ISECer as well. And so it's like a whole network that really helped me get in. So I ended up in customer support. Support. And Neville, oh my God, I was 22. I was 22. I had no idea what meditation was before I got to Mind Valley. I had no idea what personal growth was. I came, like, my father is a communist. Now he turned into more of a socialist. But, anyway, so it's like I went there and I remember, I think it's like two weeks in. And, you know, Mind Valley, I, I'm not sure. Maybe they've, because remember, I left Mind Valley in like 2015, obviously five years ago. A lot of things have changed. But back then, I was like replying uh, to customers who were doing like quantum jumping and astral projection, working on their money blocks and beliefs and chakras and things like that. And I was in the customer support team and I was supposed to answer all of that. And I was like, WTF, yeah. what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And then the whole team was like, you know, let's meditate. And I remember now I meditate myself regularly every day. But back then I was like, what the F is this, yeah. you know? So it took like it's hilarious it took me a while to kind of get into that so it is a personal growth company in fact it's one of the biggest publishers in the personal growth world yep. and they do like they have a coaching subdivision and everything so i and that was a big piece of my path is to discover myself and then i went into email marketing online marketing then launch manager actually launching you know big projects and a lot of these programs and because i have to market them i had to know them mm -hmm. And this is how I got involved in the whole limiting beliefs. And I worked on a lot of different things and I've tried the chakras. And so I was exposed to this whole world. And I actually, the last six months of my journey in Mind Valley was in, in, um, in, in that coaching division company. Um, so, 
so two things here. Number one, it definitely exposed me to personal growth a lot. Like through my journey, this was my jumpstart into this field that I actually do right now. Mm-hmm. At the same time, so it's a positive and a negative thing there because f- first and foremost, I learned how to market that and I learned personal growth and I saw how things are done. And I believe at that point in time, it just overexposed me to that stuff, to the marketing of it and to the personal growth, because there is a big difference between doing that for someone, like for example, doing online marketing or email marketing for a coach or a company, and then doing that for yourself. In fact, if you ask me, I mean, my funnels are okay now in my business, but they're not great. And I'm like, I was talking to another girl who worked with me in Nine Valley. I'm like, oh my God, I need Anna. Who, I need the Anna who's doing, you know, funnels and metrics and like, let's, let's launch this project. I need that for me because I can't do that for myself as a coach because I'm my own content creator. So it kind of, it did a lot of great things for me, but it also overexposed me to like the behind the scenes of the industry, a lot of different coaches, coaches and coaching. So when I finished with Mindvalley, if you if you tell me, Anna, you'll be a coach, I would be like, no freaking way. And I got burnt out in the industry. So I worked for another company who was doing similar things for about a year. And then I was so done. I was done with email marketing, online marketing, personal growth. I was done working on the laptop. It completely exhausted me. So I actually, that was another turning point where I just quit. I couldn't do it anymore. And I took three months off and I said, I don't know what what the hell am I going to do, but I'm going to figure it out. And I gave myself three months um, to just do nothing. And what I did is I wrote. So for everybody listening, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a moment in life where it's like, I don't know what to do next or what to do with my life. Um, I just decided to pause and take a break and really step back and to give myself that space to figure things out. Because a lot of the times the, the solution or the decision is right is not right here in front of your eyes. A lot of the times you actually need to do something else com- completely. Step back and pause. That's what I actually advise a lot of women who are struggling with like dating and men. Well, let's step back and create the space to actually invite something new. And so in those three months, a lot of things happened. I started writing. Um, I signed up for a yoga teacher training in Bali. And in fact, the, that writing... Um, has planted the seeds for what I'm doing today because I was really exploring what to do next and everything. And me and String we were discussing all of these different things. And what were you writing about? And were you was it was it just private? Was it like a little journal that you kept, or were you publishing this? Was it a blog? Yeah, it's all it's all still on Medium. Like I called it 99 Days of Wonder, and uh, <laughs> I committed to writing every day because look, I'm this type of a person. Like back maybe now. I don't know if I could do that, but I'm this type of a person that can't like completely take a break and do nothing. Mm-hmm. This actually is very appealing to me right now because I'm like, I have so much to do and doing nothing for three days is like the best idea ever or for three months, you know. But back then I couldn't do it. I said, right, today I'm quitting. Tomorrow I'm going to start writing every day. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I detached from the outcome. I just gave myself the time and the space to just write about anything. and so. I called them 99 days of wonder and then I documented them day one, day two, day three. So I believe, I don't think I actually published every day. Like first I did publish every day and then after about a month, I'm like, all right, Anna, this is too ambitious even for you. So how about you like step back and write? So I started writing, like perfecting my writing and I never wrote before. 
I didn't even know I was a writer, but guess what? People now tell me, Anna, you're such a great writer. And in fact, I'm planning to write a book. So I'm like, I didn't know this. It just, you know, I just decided. Where happened. did the idea come from then? If that wasn't something you'd been doing before, did someone suggest this to you? Was this like a coaching exercise or did you just, you know, Forrest Gump, I just started running and then I ended up here. I can't remember. Oh, you know where it started? Who was that? It was a girlfriend of mine that told me that she kind of planted this idea that said, you know, I think it was something from like Gary V or something like that, which was like six, five years ago, mm -hmm. where it's about do not teach, but document mm -hmm. something like that. I can't remember exactly. But then I was like, you know what, I'm going to document. So I treated this as an experience. It, sorry, as an experiment. So I think this is where the idea came from. I'm just going to this is an experiment. I have the time, the space. I also saved money. This was important. Although I was with my masculine men who can completely take care of me. But I think in that, for me, it was like I was standing strong on my own two feet. I saved a bit of money. You know, they could provide me with this opportunity. We weren't married yet. Um, so yeah, I was kind of stable and secure. And I said, you know what? I deserve three months um, to experiment. So I literally treated this as an experiment. I was also very in love and, uh, <laughs> you know, very free and in my own girlhood. So I said, yeah, let's see what happens. And I just started writing and publishing consistently. And I think in about three, four months, I became a top writer in like love and relationships and personal growth on medium wow. so it's all still on medium a lot of my biggest articles came from that yeah came from that experiment and now what i do i people like women find me on google and then get me on a discovery call and pay me money to actually you know coach them through and help them attract the right men that's exactly where i want to go with this but i just i want to kind of highlight that point that you didn't actually it wasn't this deliberate thing where you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do next. And here are the steps I've got to take to get there. It was more of like, okay, I know I want to do something different than what I'm doing now. I'm going to give myself some space, see what shows up. And you mentioned just in passing there that the articles that you wrote at that time, even though you weren't necessarily looking to build an audience, you didn't have a specific like niche in mind yet. You weren't, this wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, creating content for your funnel or something. You're just writing for 99 days to see where it goes and yet some of those pieces that you wrote then are still now some of the most popular things you've written yeah yeah for sure and it's really interesting like if you were to ask me <laughs> if you were to ask him what would you do differently mm -hmm. like if i were to do anything different i mean obviously like or i honestly think that i wouldn't change a thing because it got me to where where i came today you know so it's like this open mind and following my path, following my curiosity, really, this is what it was about. But like, let's say I, I'm just imagining if I were here now, like I'm just because I've invested in myself in the recent year on a, a really, really high level in myself, in the business, in my path. Now I'm of the mentality, if somebody can teach me how to do that faster, and have a path for me that I can check in always with myself. Is this the right fit for me? I would actually do that. And so it's really interesting because, but you know, like I really have to ponder on this because I don't know what is the right way to go for it. Because I do agree with you, Neville. There's so many people out there who can teach you things mm -hmm. and can tell you things, but I can tell you now looking back. So 
I'm at a very, like things have really shifted for me. And that's why, like you probably noticed in the last six months where I did invest in myself and I joined a mastermind and a program and everything. And it like really skyrocketed. But for a lot of people who also did did the same things as me, they did not skyrocket. And in fact, I mean, they're moving very slow. It's a very slow journey. But what happened for me is because when I invested in myself, I already was so committed to my passion. I've done, like I've spoken to so many women. I was obsessed. I was writing. I was exploring my own journey. So really I was curious and I stayed curious for so long that when I came to the place where like, right, here's a program that's going to teach you how to actually build a scalable model and take it to the next level. Like it hit like a, like, you know, two puzzle pieces together. And that's why when you have a message and you know what the hell you're doing and you're so passionate and you really dedicated the time and the work, which I did in the last, you know, three years, really explore, well, more than three years, but professionally three years. Now it's like, right, let's go. Yeah. As a marketer, I can, I can totally understand. I mean, I think we all get so obsessed with all this, you know, building funnels and, uh, and, and dot com mm-hmm. secrets and, you know, upsells and all these kind of like tactical marketing things. And, yeah. and, and I'm sure, you know, from experience, like they do work at least to a degree, but they've got to be built on top of something real. Like there has to be a foundation. And it sounds like by the time you in, invested heavily in coaching and everything that you, you already had years of experience sort of figuring out who you are, what you want, how you can help people, what those people need. And it was just sort of a, an accelerator rather than, you know, that was you finding yourself. You'd already done that work on your own. Yeah, I mean, that that's the key here. And, and for everybody, like how we're gonna I'm a big fan of Andrew Chaperone's, um, you know, and I don't know if you know about the guy, but he's really talking about how you differentiate yourself is by really um, educating and by providing amazing value for for the prospect and really going so niche. It's this idea of having 1000 followers that this is enough, you know. And so for me, I hear from women all the time, Anna, what you do is different. And it really speaks to me. Like women tell me, oh my God, did you bug my house? Like, this is me exactly, you know? So I feel so privileged to be doing the work and to hear this feedback. And it's not based on, you know, like some programs I took, tips, and everybody wants to shortcut it. Everybody wants to, today, you know, we want to hack everything. And it's like the upsells and the funnels and blah, 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 you know? And it's like, this is just like the, um, how do you call that? This is just like a Band-Aid. This is something that, well, here's a model that you fall. Everybody's now about formulas and models. And I got, I'm so tired of this shit. Like, honestly, today, it's all going to be about what actually like what differentiate what what about you is different and people feel that resonance and you know it's enough for you like i have one product one funnel one message i probably show up on instagram like two times a week or three times a week i do have a strong advertising funnel on facebook but that's just the techniques and in feminine embodiment you're probably gonna ask me what the hell is that about one of the main principles is it's um depth first structure second especially for women um and especially for women i think i got so like I stepped out of this whole online marketing world because it was too much superficiality and stuff on the top that I had to do and build and very little about the depth of it and actually the foundation of your message of who you are, what the hell are you doing here? You know, it requires training, it requires work, it requires 
an obsession and a continuous curiosity about the subject that you like wake up. I'm still obsessed about masculine and feminine. I can talk about it all day. I work with women in that. And, uh, and that's, what's going to keep me going forward because I've come to a place in my business Neville, where it's like, it's like overwhelmingly amazing, successful, but I'm burning out because I'm working on those masculine engines of like discovery calls and sales and coaching and do this and do this and do that. And the only thing that keeps me going is my work with my clients. And I actually told, and and the message, right? Because I'm so passionate. It's the vision. Mm -hmm. It's what you're obsessed about. And I told String the other day, my husband, we're partners in the business. I said, if I wouldn't be obsessed and if I didn't get joy from working with women and doing this work, I would be quitting it in a second. I would be done. And that's why I feel so many people get to that point where they're like building the structures, building the structures and, you know, running for the success to come and be burnt out. And if the message does not really hit home and resonate with you first personally, because it all starts with you, then you're burning out and you're like, I'm done here. Goodbye. Turning, you know, closing this business, starting another one. Yeah. Well, especially for your business. I mean, you're at the core of it. It's, it's people are, I mean, the funnel, all of it is pointing to you and, and the work that you do. So let's, let's talk more about that. Why, why do women come to you? So women come to me because I help single successful women attract committed masculine men. And these women come to me because whatever has helped them to achieve amazing success in their career and their businesses and their life is the opposite it well basically is not helping them with attracting the men that they want to be with and the main question that the modern woman is asking herself today is like where are the great men and this is actually the tagline for my ad on facebook where are all the good men big question mark yeah. biggest question that women are asking themselves today it's a huge pain it's a it's one of the biggest pains right now and so if we look at like why my what i do is successful there's so many different factors that go into that one of them is i've hit the, t the right time and the right place the biggest pain that a modern woman is dealing with so they come to me because they don't understand what they're doing wrong in their dating life and with with their dynamics with men they've tried everything and it doesn't work and they're like i'm the the full package you know i have an amazing life i have an amazing career or business like look at me some of these women are like nines okay like hot and they still can't get it and so that's why they come to me and then i help them change that dynamic and the main problem is that well how can i summarize this the main problem is that a lot of these successful driven women not saying everyone but a lot of them which was my story we're living life and doing business and doing careers from a very from a masculine place from a structure place rather than depth place where where most women identify with their feminine essence which basically means and if you ask most women like how do you want to feel in that relationship what do you find attractive in a man they will all say or most of them will say i want to feel safe in the relationship i want to trust my man i want to surrender and let the f go of control because control is killing me and what i'm really attracted to is a man who can take charge who can lead me who can take me by the hand and claim me as his woman that is extremely attractive to me as a woman and that's attractive to 80 percent if not more of the women but they can't get it because they are constantly in their masculine energy, which means making decisions all day, leading companies, taking charge, you know, go, 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 push, push, push. And then when they come to me, they're like, oh shit, well, that's not gonna, that's not helping me with men because the men I attract are feminine men who are like, 
have no idea what's going on in their life. And they're like, oh yeah, wishy-washy, you know, I'll let you lead. And she's like, that's not attractive. I don't want that. That's like a boy. Um, or they're actually attracting masculine men who are taking charge, but these men are either don't commit are narcissists or like the unhealthy masculine. So that's when they come to me and I really help them embrace and embody their femininity, let go of control, surrender, and really drop from their heads into their body without toning down who they are. Um, and really without losing that ambition and that drive. But for a lot of women, the ambition and the drive and the, and the push, the desire to be independent no matter what, um, has overtaken. And that's a big problem today. And that's what's causing so much pain in relationships. Yeah. I mean, I see it, I see it from the men's side. I can totally understand. And, and I've read a lot of what you put out, you know, on social media and, and it, it's interesting mm -hmm. from my side because I've, yeah, I've seen it as a man. I've done some of that work myself. And I think guys go through a similar, but opposite problem that we're, we're sort of all, especially in the U.S., but I think everywhere now conditioned with this kind of like modern relationship dynamics and everybody's the same. And there's been so much, so much messaging that's come to us throughout our lives that basically erases that polarity and just tells us, you know, mm -hmm. it conflates being equal, which is obviously a good thing, with being the same, which is just not yeah. true for most of us. Like you said, it may not be everybody, but there is a masculine and feminine essence and I think we've been we've been robbed of that in many ways and just told kind of like, you know, we're all just a sort of gray mush in the middle. And then but the problem is that no one's happy, as you said. So do women already intuitively understand that when they come to you or are they just sort of like, I'm not happy with my dating life, fix it. No, they, they do. When they come to me, they do. They they definitely resonate with the message. So when I get on a call, so my funnel works in a way where they either see an ad on Facebook, um, which is where most of the women, how they find me, because obviously like, you know, um, this is how we use the Facebook platform. But then about 25 to 30% of women actually find me on Google uh, or listen to my podcast, mm -hmm. which is called Claimed, where we named it into Claimed, um, or social media. So I do not push my message on anyone and it might be perceived as controversial, but the women who come to me and are like, I want to know more. Let's get on a call or the women who end up working with me, let's say my clients yeah. are totally on board. They watch my webinar. So from all of these places, you know, either Facebook ads, social media, podcast or, or medium, because I still write on medium, they all come to a webinar. So I have a signature training, which is called how to attract your committed masculine men, where I explain the three different shifts that a modern woman needs to, to do in order to start attracting better men, different men. And at the end of that webinar, I tell them, well, you want to know more? You want to work with me? I can help you get there faster. Um, sign up for a discovery call. So, I mean, all women who are with me on the call and who are working with me, obviously have come to their own realization. So in my marketing, I don't do any of the convincing. They search for it. They find it. Or let's say they even see it on Facebook, like, oh my God, Neville, you should go to my ad and read the hater comments. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't read them. I've read like one or two and I'm like, nope, not dealing with that. Oh my God, the amount of hate and like dirt that women put on that um, is like unbelievable. But I don't deal with those women. Like, I'm not interested. Like, if it's not for you, please be my guest, unsubscribe, unfollow. I'm not here to convince you of anything. So, but the message really, really hits home for so many women because they're struggling. And finally they feel like, oh my God, here's a woman 
who has the solution to all of this, you know? And it works. I mean, it might, in my experience, it, it really works and it works for so many women I work with. Well, I think there's a lesson in that too for anyone who's listening who wants to build their own coaching business or, or any sort of business that's centered on themselves. I think the fact that you know, you've got this very specific funnel. You're not everything to everybody. You're basically saying, you know, for women who are this and who have this trouble, I've got this program for you. And here's what I believe. And, and you don't really care that there are people out there who don't agree with that because they're just not your customers. Like you're not wasting your time arguing with people in Facebook comments about why what you're doing works or whatever. It's just you put something out there and say, hey, if this resonates, here's how you can learn more rather than, you know, trying to convince yeah. the world. Yeah. And that in itself was definitely a journey. Like, oh my God, still never. Like I posted that picture of me, you know, the new one from the photo shoot, um, you've probably seen. Mm -hmm. And most of the comments were like, congrats, Anna, congrats. And there was still one comment there that like, I read that it wasn't too bad. It was just a woman. I knew like, oh my God, this woman, like when I started this work, maybe two years ago, she was p posting nasty comments. And I'm like, it's been two years. You're still following me and reading my stuff and like you put the energy to like comment put a nasty comment on my like why you know like this woman definitely have something has something i trigger her right. like why would you follow somebody who triggers you and like, anyways so i read her stuff and like my heart started pounding because I, I now there has been a point in time where i was attracting a lot of that shit mm -hmm. and then when i internally put up that those boundaries and i said I'm not available for that. If you're not agreeing with my message, please unfollow me. Like I literally tell women who are like, eh, what is this shit? I'm like, feel free to unsubscribe. I'm not even gonna deal with that. Like I'm not available for it, but she still somehow like got through the cracks. Um, and and my, my heart started pounding. Like it still hurts. I think yeah. no matter how successful, popular, I mean, you know, Oprah, well, Oprah probably doesn't even care about that, but I mean, she has haters as well. Everybody, like no once you get to a level where you have a strong message, um, you're gonna have haters and you're gonna learn how to deal with it. How I deal with this is like mental, you know, boundaries and just not reading that shit. And then just with her, oh my God, like I started like, you know, I, I thought about this like half a day. Wow. One person, it's crazy. And then I did my own tools and practices. It still bothers me, but I'm like, whatever. So I'm just, I just replied to her and I said, you don't have to agree with me. That's okay. I can, I can live with that. You don't have to agree with me. I'm fine. So it still hurts, but you know, you got to do what you got to do because then them. you know that yeah, you, you ignore them. I mean, obviously there might be constructive feedback in there. I'm open. That's what I decided for myself, Neville. I'm open to a, to a debate and a discussion. If a woman is there and saying, Anna, I don't agree with you. Let's have a conversation a hundred percent on board. Call me to a podcast. We will debate this, but you don't call me names and you're respectful and you're really curious about my opinion, you know, and not sitting there and being like, I thought, what did you say? I thought, um, you tell women to succumb to their femininity and call them silly. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You obviously have no freaking idea what I'm doing. I don't have time for you. Goodbye. <laughs> That's my philosophy. So women who are listening, who want to work with you or who are just curious to learn more, to get a sense of what it is that you're offering, your perspective on this, those three things that they could be doing, what's the best place to just get started? 
Yeah, the best place is just to sign up for my webinar, um, which is girlskill.com slash webinar. And that's going to, it's like a 70 minute training or a 60 minute training that encompasses my whole philosophy about all of this. So if anybody re- is interested, I would just send them there. Perfect. I'll, uh, I'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. I feel like there's there's so much more I want to talk to you about where we don't have time today. Maybe we can do a, a round two at some point because I think your journey is interesting. I'd love to talk more about your work as well. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. It was a pleasure, Neville. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you.